Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. Start out this report with a heads up on the explosion of bean leaf beetle we're seeing in some areas. We're seeing some unbelievable defoliation in some areas, reaching 30 and 40 percent defoliation. Growers are telling me this all happened in a tight window. Hardly any feeding and then three days later massive explosion of population. This means we are seeing new emerged uh, beetles from eggs laid in that field. We need to look at several things when we're talking about managing this pest. We start with that what growth stage is your soybean at? With beans planted from April through June, maturity groups from 4.2s to 2.5s, we have beans a lot of different growth stages from R5 to R7. R5 beans, how do we know that? We look at the top four nodes of the plant. You should have a full size pod and you should be able to feel that soybean in the pod. At that point, you're at R5. It'll take 10 to 15 days to go through R5. When that pod gets to where it has large beans bulging in that pod, bigger than a typical soybean, they're really pushing on it. Now you're at R6. And it'll take 7 to 15 days to go through R6. Uh, and you'll be in R6 until the plant starts to change color. And once it starts to change color, you're starting to move towards R7. You won't be at R7 until there's a brown pod somewhere on that plant. When we are assessing defoliation in the R5 through R6 growth stages, we can use the hail defoliation charts to predict loss. So for instance, a 30% defoliation at R5.5, so that'd be a decent sized bean, but not the big one, about a 9% yield loss. So on a 65 bushel bean, that's about six bushel. 30% defoliation is a lot though. I'm not talking about the top trifoliate, I'm talking about the whole plant. So 30% defoliation though is visible from the truck and it seems to be the heaviest from in the low ground. My guess is it correlates to where the eggs were laid. Once we get through the R6 stage, we don't worry so much about defoliation, but we do pay attention to pod feeding. So that bean is changing color, maybe a ripe pod somewhere on that plant that says that we're at the end of R6. At this point, because the food value of the leaves are dropping, heavy beetle population, um, if they're not already there, will migrate to the pods. And especially if these are seed beans, because damage to the seeds, you may lose your premium for your seed quality. And I've seen cases where they get rejected altogether. With pod feeding, we look at the percent of pods being fed upon and the amount of beetles per foot of row. You'll be watching uh, those beans all the way through R7. Again, R7 is when you have that ripe pod on that plant. When we get to 5% pod feeding, 5% of the pods are being fed on and there's more than 8 beetle per foot a row, they're going to need to be taken out. Some of these fields are hitting uh, 10 or more beetles per plant, much less per foot a row. We see some fields where the beetles are just exploding while across the road the numbers are low. This again makes me believe these breakouts are coming from eggs laid in the field. 
While this needs to be front and center in the scout's agenda, fields that are at the end of R6 and are not seed beans, control may not be worth it. Fields sprayed earlier with a fungicide insecticide look to be holding good. This may be due to knocking down the population uh, <clears throat> back anywhere, knocking it down uh, that laid the eggs out there in the field. Treating for bean leaf beetle will take out some rootworm beetle that are now moving to the bean fields as the crop starts to corn crop starts to deteriorate. Now watch your harvest restrictions on the labels of what you're spraying. We continue to see spider mite flare-ups in the dry areas. Uh, we need to stay on top of this pest as well. In some cases, border spraying may hold the mites back until we get the field far enough along that we don't have to spray. We did see soybean aphids for the first time in a bean field in Winchester on Tuesday. The numbers were light, but this was the first sighting of soybean aphids this season. Remember with aphids, we stay on top of that until our six and a half as well. We are continuing to see more SDS in fields as time ticks on, but not many blowouts yet. I do expect though that we will see some. In the cornfields, we continue to see an assortment of disease from southern rust to GLS <clears throat> and some northern leap light and tar spot. In fields under stress of and deficiency or drought, the diseases are kicking up a lot stronger. We are seeing dropped or tipped down ears in many fields pre-black layer. I'm seeing two different types of dropped ears. In some cases, the plant is dead and has died prematurely due to stalk diseases. In some cases, it's both diseases attacking the crown and top kill, which is showing up in a lot of fields right now, the anthracnose top kill. These ears are small and rubbery, and they're going to be very light in test weight. In other fields, we're finding full-size ears tipped down, and they're only at 50% milk line, while the plant is still alive and looks healthy. These plants were only five to seven days from black layer. Once the ear tips, grain fill comes to a crawl, and the black layer is really slow to set. This will not have a big effect on yield. I believe in most cases, it was due to the dry weather and high ET rates uh, a week ago that caused loss of turgor pressure in the plant. Now is the time to start that fall harvest scouting. Looking for the weak plants, and the risk of hybrids dropping ears on the ground. As these fields uh, start heading towards the finish line, it's a good time to study your aerial images and put your drones in the air. Looking for areas that are showing drought stress more, as well as down corn, spider mites, bean leaf infestations. Again, it's a good time to get a handle on these fields. The last topic we need to cover is the elephant in the room, which is weeds. 2020 will be known as the year of COVID and weed escapes. The weed seed we are producing will be a gift that keeps on giving. We'll have to make some tough decisions going forward on how we're going to handle this mess. In most cases, I believe it goes back to the dry June that shut down our residual soil applied herbicides, coupled with slow growing beans in wide rows that didn't close fast enough. While we have weeds in the narrow rows as well, the heaviest pressure is coming from our wide rows. Some of our non-GMO fields have very high pressure and we may have to rethink our non-GMO programs for the next couple of years. 
Several guys have called about using harvest aids to get this mess through the combine. When using harvest aids to kill these weeds, let's wait until 65% of the pods have that ripe brown color and that's usually when beans are about 30% moisture. For the most part, weeds will the weeds will have already went to seed before we apply the harvest aid. This cost should be more about helping timely harvest than weed control for next year. The crew is getting the fall testing packets put together so they are ready to roll when the harvest starts. If you haven't got your fall orders in yet, uh, this is the time to get that done. So we have time to prep the maps and allow our crews to stay with those combines and get you a quick turnaround. Isaac and Matt will be doing our annual yield monitor clinic in a virtual format this year. So to be sure everyone gets good maps and stays on top of the calibration on those combines, watch for that invite in your email. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.